welcome to the King of Games 98. On this episode, we have Grim Fandango versus Star Trap. Hello everyone, welcome to today's special Battle of 1998 bonus episode of the Region Free Gamers podcast. My name is Paul Romalo, and with me today, out of Rhode Island, Arnaldo Perez. Woo! Very excited. <laughs> I know, we're all pretty hyped. I'm pretty pumped. And joining us for the second time after, sadly, advancing Pokemon forward in this <laughs> tournament. I'm very happy about that. I, Sure. <laughs> um, our good friend, Benya Hiller. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us, Benya. Yeah, of course. Always a pleasure to be here. Awesome. And uh, of course, before we get to today's two games that'll be fighting it out, I must thank everyone for listening and interacting with us on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, the best part of the show, besides being forced to talk about video games with my friends, <laughs> is the... Uh, <laughs> is the chatting we do with you all online uh and in person like i mean arnie you've 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 got out of your gaming chair and met a couple of our listeners right yes i've slid my gaming chair across my floor mat gaming mat um and managed to go out and meet a few of a few people who listen to this podcast and surprisingly enough they did not try to murder me what that goes contrary to everything i've heard about podcast listeners my mother was so wrong (laughs) <laughs> honestly but you're you're getting uh you're getting a gaming chair tomorrow right arnie i am well i think i'm getting it today actually i'm finally joining the ranks of the elite gamers can you uh can you tell can you tell our listeners what my reaction was when you said you were getting a gaming chair oh my god paul had sent me this picture i assume this is what you're talking about is this picture of the well uh, actually the thing that the thing i was talking about was my immediate and loud laughter oh yeah you said you were getting a gaming chair yes your loud so. guffaw <laughs> at my expense but uh, beyond that please <laughs> what else what else did we talk about we had talked about this instagram post that paul had sent me uh, that was a promoted Instagram uh, post by Tech Ninjas, which basically highlights this beautiful gaming setup where this man has a v- very comfortable, I must admit, looking gaming chair, uh, a gaming ottoman for his feet, which I desperately need. I never even yeah. considered like elevating my feet for gaming, but I think it would help me. Circulation. Uh, it's important. <laughs> Just my performance in general. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> my favorite part is. The gaming floor pad, uh, which is F L O R P A D, and the R is in extreme green. Just so you know yes. how fucking extreme it is. Worth mentioning that the word floor pad is in the Metal Gear Solid font. Oh hell which, yes! Like I'm, I'm all about that. Oh so it good. Is? Yes. Yeah, yeah. If you zoom in on it, you'll see it's got the uh, the OG Metal Gear Solid font. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. Hell yeah! And of course, he has three computer monitors all with a monster energy logo behind them oh so good this is all very important so good um, now arnie just uh just so you know i i only i only make fun of you for getting the gaming chair because i'm jealous you know like i'm i'm sitting in a to be honest with you kind of shitty office chair right now at my yeah. desk if i had if I had a gaming chair while we were oh my god it's gonna sound like i'm making fun of you again but if i had a gaming chair <laughs> 
while we were recording this podcast, the podcast would be like 20% better. Oh, yeah. no doubt about it. Well, here's the thing is eventually I'm hoping that we do like a video thing for the podcast and that I'll be the cool one with the gaming chair. I'll finally be streamer level gamer, which is what I've always wanted. Please get the largest gaming chair you possibly can. (laughs) I want you to look like a small child in the gaming chair while we're doing the podcast. (laughs) That's my that's my dream. And you have to have the shark, absolutely, yeah. Ben. Oh, yes. In the, There's uh, a shark headrest. 20%, I think. <laughs> I think we should uh, upload this image with the podcast. I think we should yeah. make this, like, the cover image for this episode. <laughs> we might have to, because, like, we're not saying anything bad about it. I yeah. mean, we kind of we kind of are, but we kind of aren't. Like, again, I'm, I make fun of it because I'm jealous, honestly. Well, this is our, right? this was like, our I think, subtle segue of saying that we are now fo- sponsored by Floorpad. And if you'd like to get yourself a Floorpad, <laughs> you can use our promo code at www.floorpad.com slash RFG. Uh, it will get you 0% off. And I think they'll be very confused if you complain. I think they'll actually uh, charge you more. Charge you if more you- money. <laughs> put in that promo code yeah like another five dollars <laughs> exactly yeah those guys are assholes we're charging you more because you're uh, listening to them so <laughs> so again everybody because that was that was a uh, quite the segue or quite the uh arnie what's the word i'm looking for digression when we go off topic digression Thank oh you, you mean normal show <laughs> format that's, that's see this word. is this is why i need a gaming chair if i had a gaming chair <laughs> So much my vocabulary focused. i'd be able to pull up these words like that you know like it wouldn't be an issue so yeah i'm gonna have to get on this you're you, you're on the right track there arnie um <laughs> but everybody so uh, thanks for listening again everybody if you enjoy the show tell a friend and uh don't forget to leave us a rating and review on the apple podcast app five stars please yep and if you have left us a review awesome we you're love you guys we really appreciate it yeah absolutely and if you haven't so, left us a review, uh, you're not my friend. And I and I will not change my mind on that until you leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking we were talking before the show with Benya, and unfortunately she made the mistake of telling us that she was in a band. Yes. And yeah, I immediately was, was like, Well, we're gonna <laughs> talk about this on the show, right? <laughs> So sad. This is this is what happens when yeah. you share personal information with us. Um, yeah, I never do that again. Benya, <laughs> <laughs> tell me tell me about the band. I'm really interested. Yeah, so I I played in a band, and um, the band was called Power Yoga. I think I I wrote about it on Instagram a while ago. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, and we did uh, some kind of screamo with a bit of uh, drum and bass and. Um, 8-bit and 16-bit samples and some oh film samples and it was really destroying. <laughs> <laughs> I want to listen to it. Do you have like clips of it? Uh, I, th- I think they're called the- songs, Arnie. Yes, that, what he said. Yeah, they, they were songs actually. <laughs> I want to um, listen to this. I think the Bandcamp site is still on. <gasps> so if you type in Bandcamp and Power Yoga, you are good to go. Hell yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check this out. Like I know yes. I know you said <laughs> that you guys aren't together anymore. So, you know, there's nothing to promote here really, I think, yeah. but at the same yeah, time Yeah, I think we didn't really split, but um Oh, okay. We well just, then <laughs> we just didn't go for for some shows and we didn't rehearse and uh, uh yeah. <laughs> You're on high. Oh. 
<laughs> it just it just died, I think, 2014 <laughs> or 15 or something oh. like that. Okay. I think some people still think we might be there, but <laughs> we aren't. <laughs> hey, so so we're at the we're nearing the end of the year now. We're recording this in November. This is I think one of the last episodes of our of our nineteen ninety eight series that we're recording. Yep. What um what games so far this year, Banya, have you really enjoyed? Um, there are a bunch. Uh, I really enjoyed Etherborn. I don't know if you heard of it. I have not heard of it. <laughs> it's um, it's a puzzle game, but in 3D, and it's really weird. <laughs> I, I can't even explain, so uh, not in, in English, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and so did you say it was called Netherborn? Or, no, it's or like Etherborn. Ether- with Etherborn? Ether- yeah, it's Etherborn. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why did I say Etherborn? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to be clear. There was nothing wrong with how you said it. Um, no, that's very interesting. Like the past, the past couple of years, the only puzzle game I've played is Tetris, which I never thought would happen. But last year it was Tetris Effect. This oh, year okay. I've been playing Tetris 99. Yeah, it's kind kind of a mix. It's kind of a mix of platforming oh, this and looks puzzle beautiful. Game, so, uh, oh, that kind of puzzle game. Okay. Yeah, there are different figures like um, MC Escher did. Oh, interesting. And uh, any anything else? Yeah, there's uh, something else, but I wanted to say sure. it was the only game I uh, uh, throw out a 10 out of 10. So Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really got me. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, and then there is another game. I guess it was uh, Nights and Bikes. Oh, a Double yeah. Fine. Yeah, I've wanted to try that yeah. one. Tell me about it. Yeah, it's it's uh, more like a little adventure, uh, so top down or isometric style, and you uh, play two kids with a bike on, an, uh, <laughs> I think it's in Wales, an island in Wales. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all about imagination, and you try to get uh, to to hide adventures, and uh, yeah, this looks adorable. Nice, it it looks really cool. I gotta say, I, I didn't yeah. expect that because it's kind of a Zelda style game but uh, more focused on the adventure part yeah it um it reminds me a little bit of a game called grim fandango oh lord segway you're you're on <laughs> one right now you just transition so smoothly I don't know. <laughs> well you know it's made by the same developer it, it focuses on the adventure elements well um, actually paul um grim fandango was made by lucasarts um, oh Jesus not Christ! Double Fine production. Yeah. Stop it! Stop it! You know, you know, nobody's saying that, right? <laughs> Double Fine was built from the ashes of Lucas Arts, yeah. but in any case, from the great um, mind of Tim Schafer. Yeah. Oh my God. Tim, I have I have all day for Tim Schafer, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, everybody, those are that's one of the two games we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking yep. about Grim Fandango and Starcraft. And those games will be fighting to the death for our love and admiration. So we do have to select the winner of those two just yeah. to give everyone a heads up on how we go about selecting the winner. If you've listened to one of these episodes before, you'll know what we're going to talk about. We have five criteria. The uh, first one is critical reception, which is mm-hmm. basically how did each of these games review when they were released or, or even after the fact. And what Mm -hmm. do the sales numbers look like? Uh, Whether the game is genre-defining. So how does this game stack up to other games of its genre? Did the game influence its genre? 
The next thing we look at is personal attachment. So for us three, how do we feel about these games personally? Mm -hmm. Uh, The next thing we look at is legacy. So has this game left any mark on the video game world? Is is anything from this game seen in other games? And uh, finally, we put the games head to head. How do these games compare against each other? Which game would we rather play and which do we think is the more important game? Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty much how we're going to talk about these two games. And we might as well, you know, do we just kind of dive into it, Arnie, or do we give a little bit of a background? I think we'll just give a little bit of background info here. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit of info for people who may not be familiar with them. Yeah. So both these games released, obviously, in 1998. Uh, Grim Fandango uh, released October 28th of 1998, developed by LucasArts. Uh, specifically Tim Schafer, uh, the director yep. and writer. He also did games like Full Throttle. And uh, I'm blanking, Arnie. What else did he do? He did Broken Age in 2014. That's right. Yeah, he yeah. made sort of a comeback in 2014 with Broken Age. Yeah, and he's probably most well-known, I guess, at this point for Psychonauts. Yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, it really depends, I guess, on who you talk to and and when they were you know, when they were gaming most, right? Because for yeah. me, when I think when I think Tim Schafer, I, I think Grim Fandango and mm. I think and Full Throttle, you know, what I just yeah. said, right? Those are the ones yeah. I think of. But Psychonauts came a bit later, so I can I can understand why you would think Psychonauts there, Arnie. Yeah, for sure. That was I think the first Tim Schafer game I ever played. Um okay. and it's I mean I they recently remade it for PS4 and I think it got like a pseudo sequel. I know it got a VR game, and I think it got some sort of sequel very, very recently. But that game was so good. And, I mean, you can see a lot of Grim Fandango in Psychonauts, I think, in terms of, like, Tim Schafer's sort of style of, like, how he writes, how he writes characters, scenarios, like, his sort of humor, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, Grim Fandango, no sequels. I think it's, nope. is it the only game out of the 16 that we're talking about that has no sequels? It is the only one that either doesn't have a sequel or is not a sequel itself, because some of the games that we have on here are sequels. Yes, Grim Fandango, of all the ones we have here, is the only standalone game. That's crazy. Yes. But I mean, I guess success begets success, right? Like, that's just kind of how yep. it is. And uh, it's the only point and click adventure game we have in the yep. bracket as well. And uh, if we were doing a 1999 or a 2000 or a 2001 and so on and so forth, it would still be the only like there yes. there just wouldn't be any more point. And there click. would not this be is... any more point and clicks probably until we get to like 2016 or something. Yeah, exactly. Like this was I think Grim Fandango is kind of like the apex of that past, you know, 15 to 20 years of these kind of yeah but i think it's funny i don't i don't know because i don't have perspective for it because i i don't think i didn't play grim fandango at the time but it really felt like grim fandango was sort of the last like purely well received and well critiqued point and click and then it sort of started going downhill for the genre from there for a while there wasn't nothing uh, there was nothing around until i guess 2010 maybe yeah that kind of comeback yeah it it pretty much jumped off a cliff, I would say, yeah. after after Which Grim Fandango. It is it was a very popular genre. You know, it is and it isn't. Because we <laughs> had well, no, in all seriousness, like the thing about Grim Fandango I find is that 
it was kind of like the the ultimate version of its genre mm. but that genre by then had become fairly tired yeah. and it wouldn't actually kind of it wouldn't come back until recently like you've got the telltale games um yep. like the walking dead and wolf among us and so on and so forth but those are games that actually finally evolved the genre up until grim fandango you know you had basically kind of two versions you had the sierra you know typing text in like you did in the mm-hmm. old days with king's quest and leisure suit larry and then yep. you had your basic kind of point and click where you just kind of try to solve the puzzle and if you can't solve the puzzle then you just click on everything on the screen until you get there <laughs> and yes. i think i think for as good as grim fandango is the genre didn't evolve until we finally kind of you know put the brakes on or took the gas off of the obtuse puzzles cuz like yes you know you just kind of hit a wall with those puzzles sometimes and it's you know it's kind of brutal i can see why the genre kind of died out yeah uh, Grim Fandango wasn't really a point-and-click adventure. It was just a narrative adventure because they they uh, spare the part. Uh, no, they not spare. I'm searching for a word here. <laughs> 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 they they did cut out the point-and-click part because you had normal keyboard controlled uh, many, I guess. Yeah, pro- where you sort of yeah. move around. Like mainly, mainly what I'm mainly what I'm saying, and I guess you're right. I guess you're right, Benya. I was kind of talking about the legacy without really realizing it. Yeah, but um, it, it's not so much point and click in in the clicking on everything on the screen, but it's more about the manipulation of objects to solve puzzles, and yeah. the puzzles might not necessarily be obvious. Yeah, and I would say it's it's one of the first Telltale games. So it, it uh, was really too early for, for a good reception, I think. Interesting. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, no, that's not really that's not really how I saw it. Um, but that's a very <laughs> good point, and you might be able to change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but now you gotta talk to us about the other game, which I'm also very excited to talk about. Oh my goodness, StarCraft. StarCraft released Star March thirty first. Fucking crap. I know, right? Uh March thirty first yeah. of ninety eight, and then Brood War released November thirtieth of ninety eight. Like I can't believe they released an expansion that robust, that fast. But they did. Uh developed by Blizzard, of course. Uh, created by Chris Metzen and James Finney mainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what's what can we what can we say about StarCraft that kind of hasn't been said already? Like it is, <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah, it's kind of okay. We're we're just gonna wrap this up now, right? Is what, <laughs> is what we're saying. Yeah. Well, the thing the thing that again, like StarCraft is within this bracket, the RTS game. Like, yeah, it's the only one there. Um, and RTS, I think much like point and clicks sort of had its big period where it was really popular and there was a ton of series that were doing extremely well. And after that sort of boom period, it sort of whittled down to like a few series that people like knew and, and really glommed onto. Yes. And then in more recent times, I feel like it's fallen sort of dormant. Um, I think a lot of the big series that sort of, crib from that are the turn-based strategy games. Um, I think those are more... I think they're a lot easier for people to handle Like if you're not really avidly into strategy games. Yeah. Um, and 
I think there's also the fact that RTS has never really made that jump to console. Like whenever there's a console RTS, it just never worked as well as, you know, mouse and keyboard style. Yeah, it's just not um, possible. Yeah, there's just too much going on. But RTSs were so big for a lot of my like development and a lot of the time I was growing up. I vividly remember spending time at, in high school, like going to the computer room after class and playing Warcraft 3 with people yep. all the time, you know, and I played Age of Empires at home all the time. Yeah. Um, Starcraft was one that I didn't play as much, admittedly, but it really was like a number one for a very long time, especially competitively. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of the, it might even be the apex of the genre, honestly. Like, I get that there are games that are technically kind of, you know, for lack of a better better word, just better than StarCraft, Mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, for example, the genre evolved, we've got the Total War series, which involves not just RTS parts, but, you know, turn-based parts. And uh, I can't recommend the Total War series enough, by the way. But, uh, but StarCraft really kind of was this apex where you had these three races that eventually were perfectly balanced. The competitive scene was insane. You know, it just never, it never really, basically what I'm saying is it never got more popular, I think, than StarCraft. I mean, there's yeah. still a competitive scene for Brood War to this day. It's quite, yeah. still quite popular. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I remember, man, I remember playing StarCraft and I remember playing on Battle.net with my friends. <laughs> and... I also I remember just being like, you know, looking for a game with my friends and I'm like, man, there are a lot of Koreans playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> it is their national sport, I believe, at this point. Yeah, it is kind of their uh, it's their national esport, or at least it became their national esport. And so it's, you know, it's this really kind of accidental thing for Blizzard because I don't I mean, Blizzard certainly didn't, you know, send this game out with the intent of it being this esport for an entire country that lasted forever right Mm -hmm. but you know they they eventually did so yeah starcraft like like arnie said rts building on warcraft and warcraft 2 before it I, i i yeah this this game was super hyped and i was certainly happy to receive it and play it so yeah, those are our those are our two. So, what do you say we take a little break and then we come back and we go over our five criteria? Sounds good. All right, we'll be back in a moment. everyone and we're back so you know right before we get into the grim fandango and starcraft and our five criteria i just got to say during the break uh arnaldo and i looked up videos for for Etherborn, uh the game benio was talking <laughs> about that game looks really good i'm gonna probably it play it, it looks today. really dope yeah yeah so <laughs> i'm not surprised that it's one of your favorite games this year i saw it i saw the videos and i'm like yeah oh man yeah uh platforming on like an 
MC Escher kind of game playing. Yeah, I really uh, hung up a picture of it uh, after I played it. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. I do that always when when I like the game, I just hang up a picture. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> Quick question then: Do you like do you buy like a print from the developer, or it like do you take a screenshot high res and print it out? No, I get uh, the press kit all the time, so they are oh, high res cool. uh, pictures. Nice. So I can uh, go to to a shop and uh, yeah, and just get just it like let them do the work. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a good idea. I should that's I should awesome. do that for my game room, but I got like anyway. a wall of fame. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. It'll just be a wall full of like Fantasy Star and Ninja Gaiden, and, <laughs> and that'll be that. All right, so Grim Fandango and Starcraft. So the first thing we're going to look at for these two games that hate each other desperately and want to move on <laughs> on our show. Uh, the first thing is critical reception. So how did each of these games review? And what do the sales numbers look like? Yeah. So kind of an interesting story here. Grim Fandango, definitely a critical darling. Uh, we're talking yes. about nines or higher just across the board, you know, for yep. pretty much yeah, everything got, we saw. Uh, a 94 at Metacritic by now. 94 on Metacritic. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised. It's a very, <laughs> it really is a special game. And I'm not surprised that it, you know, reviewed that well the the sales numbers are are interesting as well because (laughs) the game the game did well right like i think there's this commonly held belief that the game was a commercial failure it wasn't a commercial failure it just i don't i just don't think it made back its development budget so it sold five hundred thousand units by 2012 and i wouldn't be surprised that you know after the re-release it made a whole bunch of money as well because there was a re-release yeah. done. Was it what twenty seventeen? Something it like that. Was it was fairly recent. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, fairly fairly recently, within the past five years, anyway. Now the funny thing, of course, is that any any sales from Grim Fandango no longer went to Lucas Arts because Lucas Arts nope. dissolved in uh, I think it was twenty thirteen. They dissolved or yeah, somewhere like between twenty thirteen and twenty fifteen. So. You know, too bad. That's that's a whole other story, the LucasArts story. It's very sad. Um, now, StarCraft, on the other hand. So, StarCraft is well, you know, reviewed very well. Eights and nines, very well received, and it should be. I don't think yeah. anyone kind of realized when they first reviewed StarCraft what its major strength was going to be. Because when, yes. when you play a game like StarCraft in 1998... You're not really thinking multiplayer, whereas today you play an RTS and multiplayer is arguably the most important part of it. Oh, yeah. So I think in games in general, there's a big there or at least there was. I think it's shifting now, but there was a huge focus on multiplayer for the longest time. Yeah, exactly. So when you're talking about reviewing StarCraft, you're talking about reviewing it at a time where the single player was probably the more important part. I don't think anybody realized just how much the game would explode uh, for its multiplayer, uh, you know, gameplay. So eights and nines across the board, nonetheless, because even as a single player game, this game is awesome. I I played a lot of multiplayer, but I did play through the single player campaign, both Mm -hmm. in the original and Brood War, and I really enjoyed it. Now, sales numbers, 11 million units. 
Oh yeah, by Starcraft was pr- was printing money. Yeah, it just unbelievable. Which is super interesting. (laughs) 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 Well, here's the thing is, it's really interesting because I sometimes wonder what would have happened, like what kind of company Blizzard would be if not for the fact that they replaced one money printer with another giant money printer in World of Warcraft. Like World of Warcraft, I feel like kind of changed the game for Blizzard in that they had to now, they now had this thing that even when they were developing other stuff, like was always present and they always had to put man hours and money into it to keep it, you know, sort of going and always developing expansions for it and such. So I wonder like if World of Warcraft never existed, like what would we be at Starcraft three, Starcraft four? Yeah, like, almost certainly. Would, you know, what would Blizzard yeah, look I like now? So. Yeah, no, they would, <laughs> they would probably look similar to what they're looking like. World of Warcraft, like they could just kind of, they could just kind of relax and put their feet up on their gaming ottoman and, <laughs> you know, take their time developing new games. Whereas yeah. if they were still releasing these kind of Diablo, Starcraft, you know, that cycle. Yeah, you know, Arnie, we would, um, I, I'm almost certain that we would be on Starcraft 3 by now, <laughs> for sure. But I mean, Starcraft as well, like, I don't know if, I don't know how much or if uh, Blizzard made any money from the fact yeah. that it became Korea's national esport, I don't think Blizzard would have made a heck of a lot off of that because they're StarCraft's not a game with microtransactions. It's it's just a game that's you know made and they release patches for it and yeah, that's it. I right? mean, I think it's possible that maybe they made some money off of like hosting some of these tournaments and doing you know some of that sort of work, like external work with it. Yeah, um, yeah, and use of but the But if IP. anything, I think... Some kind of license, too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, like licensing the characters and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but I think, if anything, it was it was just great PR overall, you know? like That's the thing, just right? Just being able to put your game front and center in front of so many eyeballs all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like... It's not that steady revenue stream like World of Warcraft where you have X amount of subscribers yeah. and they're paying X amount of dollars to, you know... It's cheap heroin, right? Like they've got yeah. that. <laughs> so, but at the same time, like it has lasted as long, or I mean, I guess longer than World of Warcraft. But anyway, yeah. they're they're very different, and that is a very interesting question, Arnie. I wonder what Blizzard would look like if not for World of Warcraft. But in any case, for uh, for our purposes for this show, I I mean, we have to give it to StarCraft, right? Like. Yeah, the the on the face of it, yes, it's definitely StarCraft <laughs> yeah. in terms of the no critical reception. You know, if nothing else, the amount of people playing it is just staggering. Yes. So, the next thing we're going to look at is how does this game stack up to other games of its genre? How is it genre defining? This, I think, is a very interesting question, and I think we'll see some different answers here. So. Benya, like, how do you how do you think this game stacks up? Like, how do you think Grim Fandango compares? How do you think StarCraft compares? I don't really play that much RTS, and um, I I loved uh, Command and Conquer, so um... <laughs> <laughs> so StarCraft is not not your bag. I, I didn't like uh, the box art, and and I just played the demo of StarCraft. And, it it just wasn't for me, and um, yeah. I always stick to to Command and Conquer and uh, everything that series poured out. And uh, okay, 
I played nothing else in, in <laughs> that genre. <laughs> That's awesome. What about Grim Fandango on the other side of it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I guess um, we are talking about genre defining, right? So as the, that was the first uh, 3D uh, adventure, I guess, it really had a big influence on, on others, but yeah. <laughs> a really late one. So, so, um, <laughs> Isn't that just the way, though, like those games that end up coming out like towards the end of a certain time period or a certain console's life cycle, people look back on a lot of the times and are like, holy crap, like this was really good. Like if it had just been a few, maybe a couple years later or something, this would have been it. Yeah, there are quite a few games You have to talk about the the narrative, too. So it was, I think, one of the first that uh, that talked about death. So it's... (laughs) Yeah, it's really big to <laughs> to just make up a whole game about death and hope that that people like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, ninety eight, right? So people are still in this sort of video games are yeah. sort of a kids thing, um, and having a game yeah, like right. you said, it's it's funny, but it's like underneath that, the story is really heavy. It's got that like film noir slash art deco slash kind of like you know Mexican Day of the Dead. You know, it's it's like this mashup. And of course, you know, when we say these things out loud, they don't sound terribly appealing in and of themselves. But because Tim yeah. Schaefer touches them and combines <laughs> them all, then it turns into this really cool experience that is actually cohesive and not, you know, not disjointed. So, Arnie, what do you think uh, about how Grim Fandango defines its genre? I think, you know, both of the games, I think Grim Fandango and StarCraft are sort of standard bearers for their respective genres in very different ways. I think that Grim Fandango, like what Benya was saying, I really agree with in that I think the 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 pivotal part of Grim Fandango is that that story, that narrative, like the narrative aspect of it is incredibly strong and i think that you see if if nothing else grim fandango sort of showed that you can have these more adult themes you can have this very witty humor you can have very well developed characters in your game and you can sort of lean on that in even a puzzle game which puzzle games i think people normally try to focus on the mechanics of it like making really good puzzles making fun puzzles in the case of a lot of point and clicks making like irritatingly difficult to figure out and obtuse puzzles. Yeah. But Grim Fandango does a really good job of making like a compelling story with really relatable characters that you really like. Um, and I'm not saying that point and clicks didn't do that before, but I think in Grim Fandango, it stands out a lot more. Like I remember a lot of those characters very fondly. Yeah. Um, unlike some of the, you know, other point and clicks that I've played where I'd forget about literally every side character immediately. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Starcraft, I think it's the opposite. Whereas I don't think I'd remember Starcraft story very much, but mechanically it was such a good game. It was a game that you could, you know, it's one of those, like, it's really cliche, but it's one of those easy to learn, difficult to master type of things, which I think a lot of RTS are, a lot of RTSs are, but with StarCraft, it's so, you know, you could sit down today and play Brood War. And I think you'd have a really good time. Like, if you excuse the dated graphics, um, I think it's still incredibly enjoyable and people still play it today competitively. And I think that speaks to 
the legacy of those mechanics and how I think Blizzard sort of captured a little lightning in a bottle and they, they've sort of kept building upon that for, you know, Starcraft two and all of its expansions. Yeah. I think it helps that it was released at a time where 3d was still kind of in its infancy. So between Starcraft and Starcraft two, they kind of skipped over the ugly 3d era of video games (laughs) And so you have StarCraft, which was still sprite-based and looked really good. You know, the sprites are well-detailed. Yeah. You could play it today. It doesn't look ugly. I agree with yeah. you, Arnie. You could play it today, and it would still be a lot of fun, and it wouldn't make your eyes bleed. Yeah. And then they go to StarCraft Two, which I think was, what, 2000? I don't even remember anymore, man. Like, I think they started development on it <laughs> 2000... in 2007. Yeah, I think it came out maybe oh nine. Man, 2009, 2010-ish, I think, is when it came out. Yeah, and so by then, you know, 3D games look good. And, you know, so they can can take advantage of that. So they really kind of, they really kind of had great timing with StarCraft and the sequel. So, yeah, man, no, I I agree with you. And with that said, Grim Fandango, 3D, but one of the few 3D games, I think, of that era that really knew how to take the blocky presentation and make it work. Yeah. I think that's another yes. great thing about it that is kind of undervalued. It doesn't try to like it doesn't try to make characters heads round with polygonal <laughs> textures. It just yes. what it did was it made the characters heads giant squares. It made their bodies mm-hmm. squares it's basically. Really etchy. <laughs> yeah, and it and it made their expressions huge and very expressive and it really kind of it took something that should have hamstrung it and actually mm. made it a strength yeah yeah i think overall and this is just my my opinion i think i'd i'd have to give it to starcraft because while i love grim fandango's narrative and i think it's you know design wise character wise narrative wise such a good game the puzzles at times are hair pullingly frustrating. Like when I was playing it, I looked up solutions to puzzles several times and it was, I, I think of it both as a strength and a failure. The strength was that the story was so good that I didn't get turned off by not being able to understand these puzzles a lot of time. And I was so desperate to keep it moving because I wanted to see what would happen next that I had to look up the answers. But some of these puzzles, even when I saw the solution, I was like, I would have, never figured that out in a million years. No doubt about it. And the other thing with genre defining as well is StarCraft and we I've touched on this earlier, gave birth to Battle.net and, you know, this kind of like online multiplayer competitive scene for RTSs that just didn't exist. And not only yeah. for RTSs, like I mean, don't get me wrong. We played I played FPS games back then. But it was much different. You had to, you know, people, just regular people like you and me with, you know, a T1 connection at their university or a T1 connection at their game store. They would host public servers for these FPS games. And you pick a server that was close to you and you join up to it. But maybe Mm -hmm. it's down or, you know, maybe it's full and you have to go look for another server. Not the best way of going about it. Battle.net killed all of that battle.net is blizzard it's central you log on you get matched up and you play period yeah 
And it was an entirely different way of going about this online multiplayer problem. It was an entirely different way of solving that problem. And at the time, I thought it was awesome because I could like I didn't have to think about anything. I could just create a game. <laughs> Man, my friends and I, we used to create games where, you know, the um, the game room would be mm. something like, you know, come play us Korea or, you know, like <laughs> anything, you know, Koreans welcome, whatever. We just always wanted to play against Koreans because they were so freaking yeah. good at it. Because they were the best. <laughs> yeah, it was it. We, we figured it out fairly quickly. Like, my God, Korea. <laughs> I know I've mentioned that already, but it's it's worth mentioning again. Holy crap. At the yeah. time, you know, we, we kind of noticed it and it wasn't until later that I started seeing like, holy crap, like they are really into this. Yeah. So, and I mean, like you said, battle.net gave you that ability to sort of link up with anybody. Yeah. Linking up with my friends was seamless. You know, it was, yep. it was super easy. That was, I think, definitely an innovation. And I think its effects are still felt today. So I, I agree with you, Arnie. I think we have to give this one to, uh, to we have to give this category to StarCraft. I have to disagree. But <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. I think what, what Grim Fandango did for, for other games is uh, by far more important than by far. Um, the esports. Yeah. <laughs> by yeah. far. Ben yeah, does not care about your this. multiplayer we, we games against Koreans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're, I, while, I, while I appreciate your strong opinion there, Benya, I think we're still, I think we're still two to one on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um so number three uh personal attachments so how do we feel about these games personally i think i know what direction we're going here uh benya <laughs> you, you've made it fairly clear that starcraft not your favorite am i am i correct on this <laughs> yeah it's not not one of my favorites but <laughs> when did you when did you first play grim fandango benya did you play it uh, like, i played i played play the demo like... yeah i played the demo in in 98 oh nice yeah so so you um, so but... you played it like or you were the og like you played it when it came out yeah, not really. I played the demo for two years, I think, <laughs> because <laughs> because I, I didn't have the money to to buy the whole game. Gotcha. And um, I got my uh, PC in '98 too, so mm -hmm. all the money went into the PC. And of course, yeah. Then I didn't know how to handle it, so I played the Grim Fandango <laughs> demo in uh, 256 color setting. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, yeah. It took a while until I found out that I could change that and <laughs> make your Fandango look even better. <laughs> what a world where you could play. Yeah. I can't imagine doing that now, like <laughs> having a demo that I just played over and over again. But I know as like as a kid, I, I did that with multiple games Absolutely. that I just couldn't, I couldn't go out and buy. Yeah. And, and I share Benya's frustration. I think there was an era... I don't know what it's like now. I, I can't even wrap my head around what it's like to just kind of buy a computer now because every yeah. everything is so computerized, like our phones, everything is so intuitive. Yeah. But back then, that 256 color problem, trust me, Benya, you weren't the only one. <laughs> I remember it was when I really first, difficult to figure out. Yeah. It, it was 100% <laughs> difficult to figure out. Like I remember when I first got my computer and it was MS-DOS and Windows 3.1, like I was yeah. almost in tears yeah. because I just could not 
figure out <laughs> what to do with this stupid machine. You know, like you're yeah. still having to get a computer. I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah. Buying a PC back then was kind of like owning a car where like you could buy it, <laughs> but if you wanted to make it your own, you sort of had to put the money and the effort into like building it up. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Especially the effort. <laughs> Uh, it took a while until I uh, played the whole game. <laughs> yeah. I think it was yeah. 2002 or three. Okay, that's uh, and I had that's a 3D early. graphics card, and everything was <laughs> set up nicely. Hell so yeah. <laughs> so it, it worked really good. Yeah. Nothing. I remember nothing made you feel more badass than like booting up any PC <laughs> game and like going to the graphics and like putting it on the highest setting, and it not chugging yeah. like like it was dying yeah and i've done it but by myself so so it was really great a great feeling <laughs> nice yeah for sure by now i think i played it uh five or six times i think wow oh, lord yeah so so do you the, know all the, the puzzles like do you remember them yeah i didn't played it uh for two years or three years i think now so okay, so okay. i think i forgot a lot <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm really good at playing it yeah so grim fandango all the way cool arnie yeah personal attachment ah very difficult um grim fandango i play the remake this year this year yes early this year i finally played it i loved every second of it it was it was one of those where like people have hyped it up forever but it delivered um you know, the gameplay, like I said, a little up and down, but that story, that narrative, still good, still worth playing. If you haven't played it, go play it. Star- My journey with StarCraft, very weird. Um, I didn't play StarCraft when it came out because I was too busy playing Age of Empires and, you know, all those other games. Interesting. Pokemon? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, yes, definitely Pokemon. <laughs> um, and then eventually when StarCraft Two came out, um, a friend of mine got really into the scene. Like he got really into watching tournaments, watching pros play, and he got me into it. I tried to play StarCraft two, but I sucked at it. Um, it was very bad. I was Terran, so I thought I was going to be tearing it up, but no. Oh, was, was nice, cool. nice golf yeah, clap for that one. Thank you, thank you. I worked on it. I wrote it. <laughs> um, and then through, but I still kept watching like tournaments, and I would wake up at like five in the morning to watch like the Korean, the English, ver- the English stream of the Korean tournaments and stuff like that. Cool. Um, and then eventually, that's how I got introduced to Brood War was through watching some of the old pros that were jumping ship to StarCraft Two playing Brood War. Um, and when I was like, oh, that's so cool. So then I started watching Brood War competitively and it looks so freaking cool. Um, I've played like here and there. I've never played the campaign, so I can't speak to that. Um, but Starcraft, when I think of Starcraft, I think like of a very specific time in my life when I was in college and just like staying up late to watch like these, you know, I don't know, these like final four of like the Rotterdam Invitational <laughs> tournament or something <laughs> like some crazy stuff. Um, and then when I think of Grim Fandango, I think of, you know, this like very recent memory of playing through a game like this and just being reminded of how much I really, really loved point and clicks, you know, th- that sort of game style back in the day. Um, so if I had to pick one, I definitely go with Grim Fandango because I think I have more, nostalgic feelings attached to those types of games and i i think i enjoyed my time with it more than i did with starcraft fair enough fair enough i think for me it's it's clearly starcraft 
I yeah. I didn't play Grim Fandango back in the day. Unfortunately, I was kind of burned out on the. Uh, I know it's not a point and click, Benya. Please don't get angry with me, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna call it a point and click. Yeah, I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but I was kind of I was kind of burned out on that genre. I'd been playing it since I was a kid, and you know it just didn't it just didn't do it for me anymore. Whereas StarCraft was not necessarily new because I'd been playing RTS for a long time, but StarCraft delivered a level of polish and multiplayer accessibility. Like I played Warcraft 2 online with my friends and it was a giant pain in the ass because you <laughs> you know you'd have to connect via modem and you'd play it was it was just a, a shit show. And yeah. StarCraft seamless and the balance level between the races never I'd never seen anything like it. Like it was so well balanced for these completely different playstyles. It was really cool, and uh, and I enjoyed it for for years. So yes. you know, for me, clearly StarCraft, and uh, and we can definitely and, move on now. Personal and you attachment, Protoss, which I still haven't forgiven you for. Look, man, <laughs> the, Ter- the Terrans are just like they're just these squishy. I'm a Terran, dude. Like I've I've se- <laughs> I've seen Terrans. They're everywhere. I work with them. I see them at the grocery store. I'm done. Right. <laughs> At least you. At least you didn't play Zerg. That would have been truly problematic. I, you know, the Zerg really scared me. I just couldn't. <laughs> I just the couldn't do bug it. Bug creatures. Yeah. Um, so personal attachment goes to Grim Fandango. Then between the three of us, you know, I can I can see the love here for Grim Fandango over Starcraft. So the next one is Legacy. What kind of mark have these games left on the video game world? Um, is anything from these games seen in other games and how is it remembered? So Arnie, why don't you start us off here? What do you, what do you think here of the legacy of these two games? I think with Grim Fandango, it's obvious that there is like, especially I'm seeing it more in the newer, like indie developed point and clicks and adventure games that are showing up now. Um, and I think it's, it's a lot of it is just that, you know, that writing, that writing, that humor, that character development um that you're starting to see a lot more of i think a lot of developers now that are making these kinds of games are are realizing that you can make a fun interactive challenging puzzle without using moon logic that makes literally no sense and having people click on every single inch of the screen um to try to find that one hidden item that's going to solve the puzzle that they've been stuck on for 36 years (laughs) um and I think a lot of that has to do with the internet now. Like people know you can just go on the internet and solve the puzzle. So there's no point in making it like obtusely difficult. Um, but to the contrast of that, like what Grim Fandango has given is that now people know, like let's set our game. Let's not focus as much on the mechanics of it. Let's set it in an interesting world with interesting characters that people are going to want to get to know and are going to want to explore to learn more about the story that we're trying to tell. Like let's tell a story and let's have the puzzles be secondary to that. And I think that's what Grim Fandango's big legacy is Um, that it sort of, if, if not started that move towards that direction, definitely took it to the next level and made it very clear that that's what it needed to be and made a really good product out of that with Starcraft. I think it's, you know, similar but different in that 
Starcraft definitely does have a legacy. It has a legacy just as Starcraft, as a series that's still ongoing, that people still play all around the world and really enjoy. I remember when Starcraft 2 came out, like, that was an event. Oh, my God. People were losing their minds that Blizzard was finally making a sequel to the original Starcraft. That love had, like, just been crystallized for a decade (laughs) when Blizzard finally announced that people were going nuts, you know, and it it still feels that way every time they announce a new expansion. I mean, now that they've done legacy of the void, I think was the last expansion. I think people are just going to start that cycle all over again, waiting for Starcraft three. So, you know, in that sense, I think Starcraft has a very tangible legacy, a very real legacy that you can just see with your eyes. Um, But in a more abstract sense, like we talked about before, I think StarCraft was just that good, like that good of an RTS that people want that sort of experience again. Like the way they set up everything, the way they balanced everything was just really well done. Um, And then obviously Battle.net, like it's not directly related to StarCraft, but I think StarCraft was the game that it sort of launched with and I, I know you've sort of talked it to death, Paul, but it, it is that big of a deal. Like it, it that really ability is. Yeah. To, to do multiplayer, especially in RTS games is huge. And I think that's another thing that you can point to and be like, Starcraft sort of did it um, or at least did it first. I'm sure Blizzard, if they had never made Starcraft, I'm sure they would have eventually come out with Battle.net. Yeah. But it, the two are sort of, are sort of tied because of the way it happened. Um, but I think overall, if I'm really if I'm really thinking about it and I'm being honest with myself, um, I'd probably have to give legacy to StarCraft um, just because of where the genres are. I think that if we look if we do this again in a few years, then Grim Fandango might be my pick because I think we're seeing more and more of the type of genre of game that Grim Fandango is. And I think that that genre is going to keep growing. Whereas RTS is outside of like Starcraft and a few other, you know, series that are still doing that. I don't think it's going to ever get back to where it was. Right. Good points. Yeah. I like this. Uh, what about you, Benya? Yeah. I think I have nothing to add to Starcraft. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can see that it got a big influence on esports, and uh, yeah. by now there are, watching millions of people some some matches in in world cups and <laughs> kind of stuff yep. like that that's so, right so uh yeah and and you can see the mechanics in in a whole lot of R- rts's so i guess it it got its legacy and i, I can see that and appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> i guess <laughs> i guess so I can move on to to Grim Fandango now. <laughs> yes, <you can. laughs> So um, Grim Fandango has a, a big influence on on uh, yeah, I've said Telltale before. I would go as far as uh, to say Telltale wouldn't be possible without Grim Fandango. That is and fair. Neither would Double Fine or Night School Studio. Mm. So they were all involved in, in uh, LucasArts and made Oxenfree and uh, Broken Age by Tim Schafer and all those Telltale games. And yeah, you can see some of the mechanics too. So uh, the, the protagonist of Grim Fandango, Manny, got uh, a pretty unique and uh, 
mechanic that uh, he could move his head apart from from his body. So oh. he uh, it was the first game he really pointed with his eyes or his head at at the things he was have to choose and to interact with and uh, yeah i never even thought about that but you're right like now yeah. that i'm thinking back on it he, yeah he would like look yeah, wherever that, you that, like moved your cursor to he would follow you yeah right and you when you go to a door he he looks at the doorknob and uh yeah it's uh, it's really nice and you can see that in a lot of games now it wasn't uh, integrated before yeah the the noir style is also a big influence you can see it in LA Noir and uh, in in some other games uh, that I can't <laughs> name. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree with you. Like that was I don't think before Grim Fandango I had seen a game that sort of leaned on that like style before. It was yeah, very right. strange, but it was kind of, it was cool. Yeah, very unique. And then the writing uh, is yeah it's seen in every <laughs> game now so, so sam and max and the, the future and uh, all narrative adventures or story-driven games they they all rely on on uh Grim Fandango and he's kind of changing my mind about this paul don't I'm, worry I'm i'll first. don't worry i'll change it back <laughs> <laughs> i would say they, they wouldn't be possible with without uh Grim Fandango. so i i see it a little bit differently um i see starcraft we we've talked about the legacy i don't think there's anything to add there you know the the whole esports aspect. I I literally just said there's nothing to add there, and I started talking about it. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're done with that. But the the legacy of Grim Fandango, I think, is a little bit more is a little bit sadder, maybe because like the way I see it is, I see the Telltale games, and I see like Firewatch and those kind of games. I see them being very different from Grim Fandango. I see Grim Fandango as being kind of the the logical endpoint of an era and a style and then mm. that style kind of died with it. For like and I'm saying died that's very strong, right? Cuz we still had the longest journey that came afterwards. We still had Siberia. There were still games like that. But Grim Fandango I think was kind of the apex for that style and it never got better. Until fairly recently where they kind of evolved it and made it more yeah. about the narrative and less about the puzzles. Cause we can, we can talk about Grim Fandango yeah. and the narrative and it's superlative. It's fantastic. But we yeah. also, we also can't ignore the fact that there are some puzzles in there that are brutal. And yeah. especially in 98, if you don't have, eh, I would say most people even had internet access by then with 56 K modems and so on. But like if you're, <laughs> if you're not, someone who wants to look up an FAQ for this game, you will hit a wall. You are you are playing a game that you will hit a point and you will become frustrated yeah, and course. you will not be able to progress with the superlative narrative. And they had to I think nowadays they kind of had to get by that. The the puzzles nowadays in these games are not that hard. They're more focused on the narrative and enjoying that with some light you know, light puzzle, yeah. character movement, and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So, you know, I I don't see Grim Fandango the same way that you guys do. I see it as kind of like the the apex, the endpoint for a certain style, and then it took a long time afterwards for that style to finally evolve to a point where it started picking up steam and becoming more popular again. 
Anyhow, yeah, that's that's just yeah, how I look at it. It's also an influence to to make it better. So <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> it's troubling think, my, my other Rip point. I think Fandango has its, its <laughs> DNA in a lot of different places, and StarCraft maybe not so much. Again, because RTS genre is so much more compressed. Yeah, and and RTS is definitely a more. It's it's definitely a more pigeonholed, I guess, experience. I can't think of a better word, but like. There's yeah. only so much you can do with with an yeah. RTS, right? With an adventure game, yeah. you have a little bit more freedom. You can make a Knights and Bikes. You know, you can make a Broken Age. You can make a Firewatch. These are all very differently playing games that people yeah. still kind of consider the same genre. Whereas with RTS, yeah. you're, you're pretty much stuck clicking, dragging, selecting a bunch of units and throwing them at other units while developing Unless you're your Tim Schafer and then you make Brutal Legend, which is <laughs> yes. super insane. Oh my god, Brutal Legend, that's another one I have all day for, honestly. The, the presentation <laughs> in that game is just unreal. It is so Like, good. it might be the most well-visually presented game I've seen until perhaps Persona 5. But yeah. anyway, we're not talking about Brutal Legend. <laughs> so yeah, in... In, in that way, I do think I do think, and the other thing too is Grim Fandango wasn't it wasn't commercially available for a really long time. So you had these people who played it, um, newer versions of Windows, OpenGL cards, um, and Grim Fandango was no longer compatible, perhaps. And so you had like a really long stretch where Grim Fandango was very difficult to play. Not in that yeah. it's a difficult yeah, game to they, play, but it's difficult to find the hardware to run it. And yeah, that they made it available, in, I think, in two thousand eight. So, so it runs on newer versions with Windows. So. May yeah, but I mean, it wasn't released on Steam and other platforms until like 2015, no. 2016, right? So yeah, I, I think it's kind of inflated because it's one of these games where because it's very difficult to play, you kind of have that hipster effect where people are like. Man, Grim Fandango was the best. Too bad you can't play it. <laughs> I definitely felt thirty percent cooler after I played it. In all fairness. Yeah, it's like the floor map. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> definitely makes me feel better about myself as a person. Anyhow, that's that said, it makes it sound like I'm pooping on Grim Fandango. I'm not, right? Just you know, this this is just how I see how its legacy was, which was one where, yeah, this is what we're capable now of with games and narrative, but at the same time, you know, these these puzzles are kind of killing our genre, and we need to move on, and then eventually they did. Yeah. So, anyhow, I mean, I think we, I think we're giving legacy to StarCraft. Sorry, Benya. I like <laughs> Benya's just like you know, standing for real here for Grim Fandango. Yes. I love it. Head to Head's the last one. How do these games compare against each other? Which game would you rather play? So, you know, in an effort to keep the <laughs> runtime of this episode to a reasonable level, yeah. Benya, I'm going to take a wild guess here, and I'm going to say you would prefer to play Grim Fandango. Did I get? Am no, I right? No, I would prefer right? to say uh, play Starcraft. Stop it! Stop it! <gasps> no, <laughs> bringing Just lies kidding. to our podcast. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to censor. Everything you just no, of course. I, I would uh, love to play Grim Fandango another time. Maybe yeah, for a seventh or eighth time. I I really love it. It's uh, I think one of my top ten games ever. 
Awesome. And for me, while StarCraft is not one of my top 10 games ever, I would still much rather play StarCraft. So, Arnie, to decide head-to-head, what game would you rather play today? I'm going to say Grim Fandango. Woo-hoo. I think because, because StarCraft, <laughs> t- to me, StarCraft is also heavily dependent, especially now, I think, on that multiplayer aspect. Like when I think of wanting to play StarCraft, I don't think I'd, I'd want to play the campaign um, outside of never having played it before. But when I think of like which one of these would I probably want to play through multiple times, it would definitely be Grim Fandango. Interesting. That's a that's a fair point. It's it's very difficult to separate StarCraft from the multiplayer. And yeah. admittedly, and I suck at the multiplayer, so I get my ass kicked. That's all the time. thing. So do I. Don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> just because I played it a lot, it only makes it more sad how terrible I was at it. <laughs> you know, it wasn't it wasn't Street Fighter where I was at least reasonable. You know, yeah, you didn't have your macros up. You didn't have your clicks per minute up. Oh, dude, my my micro was was failing. It just wasn't. <laughs> it was not up there. No, so. While I highly encourage people to play Grim Fandango, I do think, <laughs> based on our structure, we're giving this to StarCraft. No, I gave it to Grim Fandango. Well, not head-to-head. Sorry. Head-to-head, oh, oh, we're oh. giving to Grim Fandango. But overall, yes. overall, who's you moving on? Overall? <laughs> uh, well, I know Benya's going Grim Fandango, <laughs> and you're going StarCraft. <laughs> so, as always, with all of these episodes, that leaves me. Somehow, this is, like, built into the structure. <laughs> Well, remember, Arnie, um, mathematically, three of the five categories were given to StarCraft. I'm just saying. Just saying. I know, but we've established that. That means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now I, I do have to think um, in terms of who's moving on, because I think as a as it relates to me, like if I had to pick one of these games that I was like, one of these has to exist and the other doesn't. Don't make Korea think, hate you, Arnie. I think it's. I think it is Grim Fandango. I don't think we'll ever be popular in Korea. I think Grim Fandango is my my vote. All right then. I um I I wholeheartedly disagree. I can't wait. I can't. I know you voted with your heart this time with Banjo Kazooie and and Metal Gear. You did not vote with your heart, and you cried about it later. <laughs> now you are voting with your heart, and I can't wait to hear what Ozzy has to say to you. This is going to be this is going to be great. I'm actually just for that reason. I'm glad that you voted for Grim Fandango. I will say. Um... We had I did host an Instagram vote on this oh, a while ago. Yeah, when we were initially supposed to record for this, uh, and I believe <laughs> Grim Fandango did win, but it was extremely close. It was much closer than I had initially anticipated. Wow. There was a lot of StarCraft love out there. Well, I mean, okay. eleven million in sales can't be wrong, except for this That's episode right. where it totally can. But again, I I was a Warcraft boy. I was not a StarCraft boy. <laughs> Fair so. enough. Um, so that's, that's great. Uh, so Grim Fandango is moving on. I, you know, it's frankly, it's more interesting. I think, I think it was, to me, it was obvious that Starcraft should move on, but I'm actually happy that Grim Fandango has, frankly, as long as, as long as Pokemon eventually doesn't win, I'm very happy with this, (laughs) with this whole project. (laughs) So, and then when Pokemon does win, you're just going to burn everything to the ground. Well, I mean, I'm going to retire. Like, obviously I'm going to move out into the wilderness (laughs) and I'll probably like 
see, you know, Snorlax somewhere or <laughs> what was what was that other stupid one? Butterfree? Yeah. I'll probably like see Butterfree out of the corner of my eye and be like, oh my God, Pokemon, I can't escape. <laughs> Anyhow. All right. So Grim Fandango's our winner. This was a lot of fun. Thank you again, Benya, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. And uh, again, if uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review and uh, mm-hmm. talk to us. Uh, you can talk to us on Instagram. We are at Region Free Gamers Podcast. Uh, you can also find us on our website, regionfreegamers.com, where we write companion pieces to our podcasts. You can find Benya on Instagram as well. She's at Frau underscore Lametta. Yeah, that's right. Okay, perfect. I forgot. I I have Instagram open right here. I could have just looked. I don't know why I'm like <laughs> trying to. <laughs> How dare you have something else open instead yeah. of when you're supposed to be recording this podcast? <laughs> I'm not that active right now, but uh, but I will be. <laughs> Very good. And uh, and yeah. you can also find her on her indie gaming zine. Welcome to last week. I believe that's in German. Um, but you can always Google Translate if you're interested in hearing what she has to say. Yeah, Arnie, am I forgetting anything? I think we're I think we're good here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Instagram Region Free Gamers podcast, Twitter at Region Free Gamer. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll start a SoundCloud for my mixtapes, uh, and we'll get on Pinterest or something. Sure. Uh, I can't wait we to hear have all that, all that sweet SEO. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And uh, regionfreegamers.com yep. for all of our nonsense that we don't keep on here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks again, guys. Take care.